morning. How are we doing? Looking good this morning. Are we okay? It was great worship, wasn't it, this morning? The band doing a great job. Let's give them a round of applause. Thank you, guys. And guys at the back. It's, uh, it's a good day to be in church. Oh, okay then. <laughs> Come on, let's wake up. Come on. We're alive, aren't we? Yeah, we're alive. Okay, so... Obviously, this year, we've uh, our focus, I, I said before, our vision hasn't changed. We're here to see a people that love, grow, and serve. And, um, you know, I think um, this year, the focus, I really like it because, for me, I like to go on adventures. I like to get out there. I like to try new things. Uh, you might be a safe person. That's good. We need people that are safe and, you know, use wisdom. I shared that last week. But I like adventures. And, and today's a little bit about you thinking about where you're going on your journey. And we're all on a journey. Would you agree? We're all on a journey of life. We're all trying to get this through this thing called life daily. Okay? We're trying to work it out. And I believe God wants to help us daily. He doesn't just want to help us weekly, but he wants to help us daily. He wants us to relate to him. He wants us to get to know him and understand what he wants for us, which is the best. God wants the best for us. And I shared on that last week. But the focus this year, endeavor to be a greater church, um, one of the words in that was great. And I talked about what does that mean then if I'm going to be great? And the phrase that I used was that we would become fit for purpose. In other words, we would become fit for the purposes of God in our generation. So as an individual, God wants to take us from where we've been and he wants to mold us and shape us and he wants us to outwork his purposes in this world. So, but we're on a journey to discover that, and we're on a journey to discover what his purpose is for my life, for your life. And we can discover that individually as we walk, but also as a church. So at the end of our journey, we can stand before God, and God says, well done, good and faithful servant. You did what you've been asked to do. You fulfilled it. You lived the life where I wanted you to do, and you did it. He wants to stand there and do that. But we're all on a journey to a day at a time to become fit for purpose. So that's what I'm speaking on this morning. And if you weren't here last week, I'd encourage you to listen online that God wants the best for you. Not seconds, but he wants to give you his best. And if we don't understand that, we're going to look at it in a moment. If we don't understand that at the depth of our heart, we'll always struggle through this journey. We'll always have wrestles, we'll always have battles, but we will struggle. So basically, what we're doing is we're going on this journey from here. This is you. If you can't see over there, I'm just a little man here. And if you're listening online, I'm drawing a little man at one end or a lady. There you go. And we're on this journey. We're going from here, and we're going to here, which is to discover our purpose, to discover the purposes of God. I don't know about you, but I want to discover what the purpose of why I'm here and outwork that. And I want God to be glorified in and through me so that he gets all of the glory. So we're on this journey, going from glory to glory to discover God. I'm here right now, so I want to go on this journey. I'm going to endeavor this year daily to discover what God wants me to do. And you might not discover it all, but I'll guarantee if you seek God with all of your heart and all of your mind and all your soul, you will find him and you will begin to discover why you are here in this world. That's a pretty big question for a Sunday morning. It's, why do we exist? The big question. Okay? But we're all on this journey. And I, I was thinking about like the ship of Endeavour with Captain Cook and, you know, endeavouring. Off they went to discover new things. And I thought, how did they know where they were going? They didn't really know where they were going. They were just going into somewhere and hopefully discovering some new land. But I thought, well, today, how do we know where we're going? We get a sat-nav. We, we work by sat-nav. I went to the football yesterday. It's so interesting to watch Olivia. I took Olivia, my eight-year-old, with me. And she's so conditioned by the, what's already there, going to this football match. And on the left-hand side, there's this screen that's like a, a, a big TV screen. And on there is the clock. And every week, she looks at the clock, and it's like, Daddy, how long go? It's like two minutes, Olivia. There's 88 minutes. 
And it, it's like that every two minutes. And, and I've trained her to look at the clock. 45 minutes is on. She's conditioned by this clock, right, that she looks at. Now, the clock has been taken down because they build filling in the corner. So yesterday, she was lost. She didn't know because she hadn't got the clock. See, she was conditioned by what was already there. And you know what? We, we are on this journey, and we need something that helps to direct us. We need a sat-nav. We need a compass. We need something, you know, when we're on this journey, when it gets cloudy or circumstances change and I feel lost on this journey, we need a sat-nav or we need a compass that will direct us on a daily basis. Would you agree? So that we can fulfill on this journey where God wants us to get to. And I think we need to have our own compass. And I was thinking about this and I thought, yeah, that's right. What we, and this is the phrase I came with this week, what we encompass becomes our compass that directs us for life. Does that make sense? Are, are you with me on that? So what we encompass, so what we encircle, or what we put in our lives, or what we believe in our hearts, what are foundational in our lives, will direct us on a daily basis. In other words, our compass is what we'll follow, but what we determine as our compass is our choice. And God wants us to set our compass according to his word, not according to our feelings, not according to what the world says. He wants us to set our compass according to what he says. And if we can set our compass and encompass what he's saying to us, it will direct our steps daily and we will get to fulfill God's plan and God's purposes, not just individually, but as a church. So I want to encourage you this morning to encompass some things. Encompass some things in your life. Say, I'm going to commit to, I'm going to endeavor to discover my fit in this world. I'm going to encompass some things from God. Anybody want to encompass some things? <laughs> I know I do. But you've got to work at it. It doesn't just happen. You know, it doesn't just happen. We have to endeavor at it. That's why if you look in Acts, in the book of Acts in the beginning, they committed, they devoted themselves. They had a hunger and a desire for God. They met together daily. They, they prayed together daily. They read the word of God daily. They had, they had food together daily. You know, they looked at the teachings daily. They, they wanted it more than anything. They encompassed what God wanted, and they saw miracles and amazing things happen. It doesn't just happen, church. You have to have a desire to want it, and then you have to do it. Jesus says, if you do these things, then you will be blessed. In other words, there has to be an outworking, there has to be desire, and there has to be an outworking of it to discover what God wants us to do. So let's go with some things. Let's read a scripture, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 25. And this is Paul, and he's writing to give you an understanding of the discipline of what you have to put in place in order to get and win the race. And Paul's saying in this, look, to be a winner, run like a winner. Okay? Don't settle for seconds. Does anybody want seconds? Okay? This is not about competition. It's not about beating anybody. It's about you not settling for second best in your life. It's you running as a winner and believing that God wants you to win the race. So Paul says this, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? I read that and I thought back to school. I remember cross country, not everybody ran. <laughs> he used to set us off over the fields, off you go, and, and you used to go out the boundaries of school, up over burial fields, it was just in the middle of nowhere, and you went up over the fields, and Gregory Poole, I'll never forget him, he got round the corner, that's it, teacher's not looking, just walked. Didn't run the race, and he waited for you to come back. And as you were coming back, he got on the second place, and in he came. <laughs> Everybody runs. No, they don't. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs? In other words, you've got to get in the race first. You've got to choose to be in this race. You've got to choose to get on the journey. Not, not, not just sit and watch and spectate. You've got to say, I'm on the journey. I'm running this race. I'm for Jesus. I want to see God's plans and purposes in this world. Everyone who's in the race runs. Can't just walk. You've got, you've got to get on board with this. 
Everybody who's in the race runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. Do we want to win? Somebody wants to win. Do we want to win? Do we want to discover our purpose and God's plans for, for this community, for your life? We're going to run the race, church. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. We're not running this race for something temporary that'll fade away. We're running this race to discover what Jesus wants. We're discovering it to discover eternal things, eternal rewards. One that'll go on forever, not just in this world. So, Paul says, and this is what I want to focus on. I run with purpose in every step. Every step that I take, everything I am doing is done with purpose. It's not just accidental. I understand the race he's saying that I'm in. I'm understanding the eternal reward. I'm understanding the eternal consequences when I don't tell people about Christ. I understand this race that I am in. I understand why I'm here. So every step I'm taking now has purpose. He agrees. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should do. In other words, his body doesn't want to do it. There's a part of him that doesn't want to fulfill the purposes of, of God. There's a part of him that's lazy. There's a part of him of his past. But we're not dictated to by our past because God wants to dress us for our future. And Paul's saying, I'm on this race now. I'm in this journey. So I've got to learn some lessons. I've got to discipline myself and understand there's purpose with my life but my body needs to be beaten to place and to be told that you're on this journey and you're coming with me every day got it in other words it's discipleship and Paul's saying if you want to be a winner you're going to have to learn some discipline you're going to have to put some things in place you're going to have to retrain yourself you're going to have to put it in place and understand that your life has purpose and then he says this otherwise I fear that after preaching to others, I might be disqualified. <sighs> I feel disqualified most days. Anybody else get it wrong? Bad attitudes and things that are in my life. Like, oh, why am I like that? But Paul's saying, look, don't just be somebody who talks it and preaches it. Learn to live it. Learn to let this thing go deeper inside of you. Let it be something that is at the core of who you are and live it out. Live it out. And the part that doesn't want to live it out, tell it to shut up and to follow where God is leading you. You, in other words, you begin to take authority for your, over your life. God empowers you by his spirit. He washes you and cleans you and gives you a new start so that you can now live in this life. But there's a part of you that doesn't want to come. But you're going to tell it to be quiet and retrain yourself and discipline yourself to live so that we fulfill God's plans and God's purposes for our lives. So, do you want to set your compass? Do you want to circle or put a ring around the things that are important? Anybody seen this game? It's a modern version of the post-it game. Who am I? Nobody's seen it then. <laughs> so this game, what you do, here's the first one. You put one of these on your face. Forgive me because I won't be able to smile. And then what the other person, you have to do, you, get, you ask questions. You know the game, the post-it gnome, right? You're looking at me as though I'm strange. You're looking at me as though I'm a monkey or something. Okay, so you put this on your face and you guess, don't you? You have to try and guess by asking questions who you are. So this morning, you've got a picture of me. Okay, if you can't see it, there you go. I'm a monkey. And you've got to kind of guess who you are. Have you played the game with post-it notes? And they never stick on long enough, do they? They fall off. Or if you cheat like me, you'll have a little look in the mirror. <laughs> right? You've played the game. Yeah, it's all about who am I. I'm struggling with this. It looks like I'm grumpy on that picture. I was smiling. But you know... We go through life trying to discover who we are. We do. We're trying to work, who am I? 
And sometimes we can be a monkey, can't we? Or sometimes we actually believe that we came from monkeys. We believe, some people teach now, evolution says that we came from monkeys. If you believe that, your steps that you take will be very different than if you understand what the Bible says where you came from. If you live with a monkey mentality, temporarily you'll die, you've been born and you'll die, then your choices are not the same as they are if you understand you're eternal. Am I making sense? And we have to retrain ourselves to think, actually, have I come from a monkey? Have I evolved from an animal? Am I an animal or am I designed differently than an animal? Well, the Bible tells us we're not an animal, but we're made in the image of God, which is different than animals. So we shouldn't behave like an animal. We should behave made in the image of God. So are you a monkey? I don't know. You might say, turn to the person next to you and say, you're a monkey. Oh, right. Or you might be this one. Or you might be one of these. Can you see that? It's not very clear. It's actually a pig. I'm a pig. Okay? I'm a pig. Turn to the next pig. No, don't turn to them. Okay? But I'm a pig. And sometimes we live our lives kind of like this. Or we live our lives thinking, even though God loves us, we're still dirty and not clean. And we have a pig mentality. No, the prodigal son, he lived with the pigs at the end of his journey. When he went off into the world, he was with pigs. He actually almost thought he was a pig because he began to eat like the pigs. Do you see what I'm saying? If we think we're like a pig, we'll eat like pigs. We'll behave like pigs. We'll settle for second best in our lives. We'll beat ourselves up. We'll punish punish ourselves because we think we're like a pig. You're not a pig. You're made in the image of God. Or if you think nobody cares... Or you think you've been like a monkey or a pig and my life doesn't exist anymore or my parents didn't love me, that you know, they didn't come running after me or whatever goes on in life, then like the story in the prodigal. He said that his son was lost. He was dead, but now he's found. You know, do you live your life like a skeleton? Just going through the motions or have you allowed God's spirit in your life to revive your heart, put flesh to the bones? So you become alive in Christ. You're not dead anymore, but you're alive in God. Come on. You have to let God breathe into your life to bring those bones back to life again, to put you back together. And God has brought me alive. I am alive in God this morning. Anybody alive in God this morning? Come on. You don't need to live dead anymore. God's sent his one and only son for you. He's breathed a new breath into your life. And if you need reviving this morning, say, God, open up my heart this morning. Bring healing to my soul this morning. Revive me, God. I'm searching for you. I don't want to live dead anymore. I want to be alive in you. Or you're doing it religiously. Oh, I'm doing it because God needs to love me. No, 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 no. God loved you through Jesus Christ. Just accept his grace. None of us deserve it. Allow him by his spirit to pour it into your heart and revive you and bring you alive again in him. You're not dead You're alive this morning. If you understand, you're made in the image of God. Father, Son, which is the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit all together will begin to revive you as a person. You can't have one without the other. You need it all. Not just the Word, you need the Spirit. You need God's Spirit to bring it alive in your heart and in your life. And I want to encourage you not to do it weekly, but to do it, you're getting it daily. And the other person will kind of be like, right, you ready? I'm a baby. Oh, somebody said, oh, right? So if you listen online, there's a picture of a dummy over my mouth. But I'm a baby, you know? And I think, thinking, oh, I'm not a baby. Listen, this is the key to entering into God's kingdom. We enter as a baby. We become born of God. There's no other way to enter into God's kingdom apart from humbling ourselves and recognizing as a father in heaven, we need you. So we receive Jesus Christ. We believe that Jesus died for us. I become a baby of God. I become born of God, born of the word, born of the father, born of the word, born of the spirit. I'm now a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. I am a baby. Did I say that? I'm a baby. But you know, you don't stay a baby. Your identity is discovering who God is and how he loves you. So we grow into a son and a daughter. 
of the Father in heaven. See, when the prodigal was lost and abandoned, the father never changed his love for the son. When he came back, the prodigal said, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just turn me into a slave, and I'm happy with that. And the father didn't change, and he said, no, you are my son. And I want to encourage you this morning to fulfill the purposes of God at the core of who you are is knowing your identity, that you are a son and a daughter of God. And if you don't know that, seek God that he would reveal it to you. Not only in, his, in, in listening to his word, but the word of God would come alive in you and the spirit would revive you so you can say, I'm a daughter of the king. I am a son of the king. And I have a history. I have a past. But my father is dressing me for the future. And this is who I am in God. I am encompassing what God says about me, not what my past said about me. This is who I am. And the rest of you, you can be quiet. I'm happy to be a baby. I'm happy to be born again because I'm made in my father's image. Wham, bam, give God all the glory for what he's done through Jesus Christ. He is awesome. So fundamentally, at the core of who you are is identity. And as we discover our identity as a son and a daughter, we begin to realize why we're here. Ah, I'm loved by God. I am loved by God. I'm loved by God. Wow, he's made me in his image to receive his love first then he's made me to love other people with the love that he's poured out. Wow, I'm getting this now in this world. I'm not here just to exist. I'm here to be light in this world. I'm here to be salt, make a difference. It's coming out of who we are in Christ Jesus. Not in ourselves, but by believing in Christ and accepting what he says to us and allowing it into our hearts. And we're never the same again, are we? And there's people in here who've discovered that. So identity, fundamentally, is what matters if we're to discover God's plans and purposes. The second thing, so identity, it should be on the board, is here. The next thing to encompass, I'm doing rings this morning. You noticed? I'm doing rings, and you'll see why in a minute. The next thing to discover, I'm going to put this one on. You see that? Have we got an apple? There you go. I'm eating an apple, not a cricket ball. Okay? I'm eating an apple. You say, well, why are you putting that on? Why do you put that on? Why does that matter about discovering God's purpose? Well, here's the deal. When we understand that we are a son or a daughter, and what God has done for us through giving his precious son, Jesus, who has died on the cross, was punished, beaten, whipped he poured out when we understand what God's done our lives begin to matter in other words we will value this we won't punish it we won't beat ourselves up although we most days we do because of the other part of us that doesn't want to walk in God's plan and purpose there's a part of us now that we realize we matter in other words we would take care of ourselves we will eat apples that it's just, a, you don't have to eat apples. You don't like apples, that's fine. Eat, but not whatever. Here's the deal. You will take care of yourself. You will value yourself because va God values you. You matter. You matter. In other words, God wants you. How are you going to be fit for purpose? You've got to understand that you matter. My life matters. And this isn't revolving all around you. It's revolving about what God wants and what he wants to impart into you. What he wants you to encompass. I am a son of God and my life matters. In other words, importance. Every step that you take, as Paul said, I do it with purpose. In other words, importance. I am important. In the eyes of God, you say, well, I don't, it's not around, evolving around me. No, it's not just around you. But God sent his son for you. I think he thought it was important to die for you. So if you doubt that, I want to encourage you to encompass the value that God has given for you. He didn't give his second best for you. He gave his best for you. And you settle for second best in here because your past says that. Or we mess up and God's saying, no, come on, get back up again. Encompass my value for your life, not what your past says. Hold on to me. Look at what I did for you. Fix your eyes on me, not on the world. 
Not even on the other people. How do you respond? Fix your eyes on me. I died for you. I gave my precious life. I was punished for you because you are important. And to discover God's purpose for our lives, we've got to get over ourselves. We've got to find our identity in God. We've got to learn to understand that we're important. And if we don't understand this and what matters to God, we'll treat people wrong. Because we won't understand that they matter just like we matter. If we're not forgiven, we'll struggle to forgive others. If we don't understand even our enemies, God says, love your enemies like I've loved loved them. How did Christ love his enemies? By dying. He sacrificed himself. So there's a part of us that has to move out the way in order for God's kingdom to come in and through us. So we have to forgive people who, who, who daily forgive people who sin against us, just as I have forgiven you, because people matter. And it's not an easy way to live, but it's the better way to live in God. Because people matter. I'm not saying it's easy, because some days it's hard. Let's move on to the next one then. I would encourage you to encompass thing. Who you are, do I matter? These are questions that you've got to answer in here. You've got to dig deeper and say, do I really believe this? You preach it every week. Or do I go away and then on a Tuesday I don't believe in myself again? Or do you believe that God believes in you? Are you going to encompass these what God's word says about you. Identity, who am I? Importance, do I matter? And the next one, I'm going to just do this one first, and then we'll move on. Let's have a look. This is probably my favorite one, and you'll understand why. Can you see me? Can you get, is it on the screen? Okay. I'm a clown. You're supposed to laugh at that. Nobody's laughing. I'm a clown. You say, well, what's that got to do with, I don't want to be a clown, I don't want to be silly, I don't want to be, here's the deal, okay? If you understand that who you are, and you're secure in that, you understand that people matter and you matter, right? The next thing is about where you fit. Where's my place in this world? Where can I make a difference? Where is my purpose? And you may become a clown. You may be an entertainer. You may make kids laugh. You may make kids smile. You may be brilliant with youth. You just may be great with people every day. You might not be great with people, but you may be brilliant at administration. You've got something to give in this world. You may become a clown like me, or you're all too serious this morning, right? I'm not trying to put people down. I'm trying to get you to understand the expression of who you can be in this world. You can be a clown, or you can be a surgeon, You can be a surgeon, you can be a doctor, you can be a kid's worker, you can be anything in this world. In other words, you're trying to find out where you fit, where I can make a difference, where I can help to fulfill God's purpose in this world. And it might be to help kids who are struggling with cancer and I'm going down that road because that's what I want to do. Why? Because I know who I am, I'm a son and a daughter and I know that children matter because God showed me that I matter. So I'm pursuing something in this world that makes a difference and I'm going to pursue that I can help people that have got cancer because they're made in the image of God and they're not made in the image of sickness over the lives. So I'm believing that God is with me and I'm going to give everything I can to pursue God's plan and purpose in this world. Are you getting it? But if you put this one first, which is, this is importance, this one, you get it right, is impact. Remembering we're on this journey from here to fulfill God's purposes. It comes out of me being secure in who I am. It comes out of me understanding that I am important and that people matter. And it comes out of that God wants to make an impact in this world. He doesn't want the kingdom of God just to be a story. It wants to actually be outworked in and through you daily. Are you with me? And you may become a surgeon. You may may become a clown. You may become whatever you become, a doctor. But you can fulfill the purposes of God in and through you by helping people, loving people, making a difference. You may may be a businessman who makes money that can, you know, support people in the kingdom of God. You, You can help. You can do whatever you want. But here's the deal. Don't put this one first. Put this one first. Because one day your clown suit is going to get put to the side. 
It's temporary. One day your scalpel will put to the side because your hand won't be able to do it anymore. Are you hearing me? So don't find your identity in what you're doing. Find your identity in who I am in my being. I exist because God loves me and I'm made in his image. I am important and out of that, I will determine how I live my life. So in other words, if you want to use these words that are often used in, in different forums, you begin to discover, and I'm going to add who in there because I think that's the most important thing. You begin to understand why you are here the big question, why, is you find who you are in God. You be dis, be, begin to discover the how of life, how I should behave, de, be determined by the values I am choosing, what the scriptures say, how, how I should live my life. Are you making sense? So how you behave comes out of who you are and, and understanding that you matter. And you will, you will choose these and encompass your values through life. Is this a bit deep this morning? Are we okay? So how I treat people... Well, that's determined by what I've encompassed and what I believe. Will you react to people and be short with them? And, you know, we have bad days. Or will you go back and encompass and go back to the core of what you believe? No, I will forgive people. I will show grace to people like people have God shown grace to me. I will be merciful just as, and we encompass them values in our lives. And then eventually, the next thing is what you'll do. So the what comes out of the I believe, the who, the why, the how, and then what you'll do. And then you could also add, if you want to, where you go and do that. And people, this is what I hear people saying sometimes to me, just a bit of wisdom. People say to me, oh, you know, I'm believing God's sending me here and doing this. And sometimes he does. And very often what we do is we seek as Christians because we're trying to find our identity and security. We go for this and this. Oh, God's telling me do this. And God's showing me do here. And God does do that sometimes. But here's fundamentally what you should be doing. You should be discovering who you are in Christ. You shouldn't be going after these things. When I hear that sometimes, I have a bit of a... It's your choice. God's not telling you where to go. He's not a controlling sat-nav. He's not fixed the compass right? It's your choice on a daily basis how you outwork who you are and what you become in life. Am I making sense? But God does sometimes direct us and nudge us and give us a desire and a heart for outworking it in certain places. So I'm not saying he doesn't direct us, but fundamentally we should be grounded in God's word more than anything else. Not in what some prophetic word is saying to us or going here, there, and everywhere. We should be fundamentally grounded and understand who we are in Christ. I am loved by God whether I go to Timbuktu or Afghanistan. It doesn't matter because that can change. But if I know who I am, my compass is set on I am loved by the Father in heaven. How do I know? Because he gave his one and only son. How am I going to behave? Well, I'm going to try and behave like he behaved towards me. What do you want me to do? Well, I'll see if I can... Discover that. Is this making sense? Go home and play the post-it game. So, in other words, when we begin to understand this, our life doesn't just become haphazard. It doesn't just become accidental. It becomes intentional. We understand tomorrow that God wants me to get fit for purpose. So what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to find out who I am. I'm going to seek him with all my heart. I'm going to do it daily. And I'm going to think about how I behave now. Oh, yes, what are my values? How will I treat this person? Will I lie? Am I scared of what people think? Or am I going to encompass what God thinks first and foremost? Am I making sense? So it becomes intentional. Identity, importance, impact. Our life becomes intentional. That's why Paul says, I take every step with purpose. He's knowing that his life, his plan for God has purpose. And he understands there's eternal rewards and eternal consequences. Not just for him, but for those who he's encircling in his life will be impacted because they are observing and watching what he's preaching and how he's living. Can you see? Because people matter. Your life now in Christ isn't just about you. It's about how you lead and people watch you and you testify of who God is in your life. So be real. Be honest. Be you. That's the best advice I can do. This is good stuff. It's really good stuff. So just two quick things as a reminder. I'm running out of time. Two quick things on this journey to remember. There were just two things that came to me as I was preparing. They're a little bit random, but I think they'll help us on this journey, okay? 
Point one, you will never be 100% fit on this journey, but you can still win. I think that's good advice. You say, well, I've got to get it all together. No, you haven't, because you're never going to be 100% fit, only until the race is finished and you're in God's glory and he makes all things new. You're never going to be there, but you can still win on the race. God's still calling you to be a winner, even though you feel at times light seconds. God's saying, no, I want you to win. I want you to run like a winner on this race. I recently heard there was some controversy with a certain manager at Manchester United. Sorry, I have to mention it this morning. And basically what happened, I don't know the full story, so someone might correct me at the end. But basically one of the players had come off the pitch because they said they weren't 100% on the pitch. Okay? And the manager had criticized him for coming off because he wasn't sure if he was 100% or he might, be, he might get injured, so he came off. And they criticized him because he said, you know, he should give 100%. And I listened to it, and, and then I heard on the radio, um, gold medal swimmer, um, Rebecca Adlington. You know her? If you don't know her, she won a couple of gold medals. And she, she basically, on the radio, they asked her about this certain manager at Manchester United, and his criticism of this player. And he did, obviously did it publicly. And she said, I can sympathize with him in a way. And they said, well, what do you mean? And she said, well, every day I trained, and, and most times when I swam the race, even in the Olympics when I got my gold medals, she said I was never 100% fit. And they said, what do you mean? Look at you. It's like, muscles, you know, she can swim. She's the fastest in the world. You were 100% fit. And she says, no. She said, I was never 100% fit. There was always pulls and things and stuff that was going on that I always felt like I was missing something. She won a gold medal. What are you missing if you're winning a gold medal? And that's the deal, church. I want to say to you, on this journey, you're never going to feel 100%, but you can still win the race like Rebecca Adlington. You can still give your all. You can still believe for your best. You don't settle for second, but run the race with everything that's within you and believe that you're going to get the prize at the end. Not a temporary crown that they gave in the, you know, during those times, but an eternal prize, Christ Jesus. Forever. We're going to win and live forever. So why not live now, with an eternal spirit, an eternal attitude, daily ignite that spirit within you. Get that torch in your hand and say, I'm not going to put it down anymore. I'm going to lift it up and I'm going to run the race. Apparently, in Greek times, they used to run the race with a torch. And it wasn't about coming first sometimes. It was actually about running and finishing with the torch. And I want to encourage you to run the race with your torch. Don't put it down here. Don't settle for second. Say, I'm going to run this race with everything that's within me. And I might not be 100% fit today, but I'm still going to run anyway. Because if Rebecca Adlington, Adlington can win, then so can I. In other words, it's about our attitude. That's the difference between a winner and a loser is Attitude. Oh, I'm never going to win. No, 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 no. You are because you're on the race that Jesus is calling you on. So have a winning attitude, not a second attitude. The other point is this. So you'll never be 100% fit, but you can still win. And the other one is this. Our fit, we discover along the way. We don't just all get it straight away. We discover it as we go. I, had, I recently had a, uh, a, well, a few years back, I had a, a new mobile phone, right? And with mobile phones, look, everything's getting smaller. Have you noticed? Generally, in the, you know when you get the box? In the box, everything's getting smaller. The earphones are getting smaller. The plug's getting smaller. The wire's getting smaller. The booklet, there's nothing in it. It's a piece of paper that says got a plug on it, an arrow pointing to your phone, and then that's it. And what have we got to do? There's no instruction. Is it me? Is it me or what? I know I'm getting older. Please, like, you know, young adults, help me. But where's all the instructions? But anyway, I get this phone. I get this plug. And I felt like my street cred had gone down. Because I opened the box and the plug was, like, big. I'm like, I can't be seen with that. 
Everything's getting cool and small. I want a little plug, you know? What am I going to do? The plug's huge. And I thought, I'll name them Sony, right? I'm like, Sony, you've gone down in my estimation. You've lost the plot. The plug should be I should have no plug now with your technology. And the plug was massive. And for about two years, I used this plug. And then I had a new phone, and the plug was small. I was like, cha-ching, this fuck. I'll actually plug it in so people can see. Look, my plug's on. Look, look. That's my plug, right? And then one day, I couldn't find my small plug. I, I, I don't know if you know, but we've had a dog, right? And we've got kids. And plugging your phone in down low when there's kids and dogs bombing around everywhere and, and the wires dangling down, right? They just get smashed everywhere. Has anybody experienced it? Maybe it's just me. And when I thought, what am I going to do? Watch my phone. And all of a sudden, this big plug sticking out the wall, he came to me. An epiphany. I thought, wow, what clever idiot has designed that? that I can put my phone on top of that plug. Do you get it? I didn't see for two years this big plug that some big person in Sony had designed was designed to fit your phone on top of it. And here's me criticizing this design, thinking, and I didn't see it. Maybe it's just me. I don't see things quick, right? I don't see things quick. But here's the deal. I only discovered that when I used it. When I plugged it in, and I began to use the plug. Now, it took me a while to discover it along the way, but at one point, it came to me, and I discovered the design and the purpose of that plug. The designer knew it, but they didn't send me a manual to explain it. But the plug was designed for that. Here's the deal. We discover our purpose along the journey, along the way, as we begin to do what the Word of God says. There is a bigger designer who understands how you're made, what blessing you can bring into this world, what difference, what impact you can make, and how important you are. And you'll discover as you begin to do things. Jesus said, blessed if you do this. I'm running over time. Are we okay for a minute? just feel to finish with this. Are you, are you, am I making sense this morning? We're all on this journey. God wants us to encompass these things. You'll never be 100% fit, but you can still win. And our fit, we discover along the way. Turn to somebody and say, you look fit. No. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist that. I thought of it this week. Janet's going, no. No, not in church. And if you're not comfortable with saying that, don't say that. Or if you're secure to say that, you say that and mean it as God says it with his plans and purposes. <laughs> you're looking fit, babe. I haven't got the no, so I'm doing all right. Right, I'm going to finish with this, right, with the prodigal. I'm going to ask uh, somebody to come up. Um, you know, in the story of the prodigal, the father, he, he's, he didn't change. His identity didn't change. He was secure as a father. He loved his son, and it never changed. The son had to come back, and he came with an attitude, well, I'll just become a slave. But I was like, no, 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 you're my son. And last week I shared that he gave his best. He gave him a robe to cover his shame, really, and to show people that this is my son. I'm not going to give him seconds. I want him to live in the best. And his father hasn't changed, and he doesn't change. That's the good news. But there was something else within that that he gave, and I just want to finish with this. The f one of the things he gave them was a ring. He gave them a ring as a sign of authority within that community. You say, well, what does that mean? How, how, how am I going to have a ring? Well, if you use these rings, if you begin to say, this is who I am, I'm going to wear what my God says. I'm going to put on his ring for me. I'm going to put on his word and what he says about me. In other words, this will happen. As you begin to do this and you begin to treat people right and treat yourself right, you begin to you know, discover along the journey what, purpose, what, what you can do to fulfill your purpose. If you begin to do this, you'll begin to grow not only in responsibility in life, you'll begin to grow in authority. In other words, like Paul was saying, I can't just preach it, but I've got to live it. Your life will begin to sound the same as what you're saying as you begin to do it. You will walk around with a ring on your finger saying, this is who I am. I don't care what anybody else says but I'm living this way. 
My father has given me a ring. I have encompassed or I have ringed these values in my life. That I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. My life matters and I'm here to make a difference. Jesus has made a difference and I'm going to allow him to do that in and through me as, as his body here on earth. Making sense? But the last thing he gave him, and this is what stops us going on this journey. He said, go and get the fatted calf. Who wants a fatted calf? A fatted calf. In other words, the big calf. Go and get it. Bring it into the house and we're going to have a party. And you say, well, why did he go and get a fatted calf? Now, I'm not saying this in Scripture, but this is just a thought that's come to me this week. The son was hungry. He was starving. We know he was hungry because he went out into the world hungry for something else than being in his father's house. He hungered for the world. He hungered to get other things to satisfy him right at the core of who he was. But it didn't work. And he ended up with pigs wanting to eat pig's food. And he was empty and starving. So he came back because he knew. He knew the father's identity hadn't changed. He knew that his father mattered. He knew that he knew that his father had those values and that he mattered. And he began to set his compass to return to the father. Because he remembered the compass that was deep down within him. Just maybe if I come back to God, God will give me or I'll become a slave in his house. But he didn't make him a slave. He came and he gets the fatted calf. In other words, he wanted to fill him with a food that was far richer than he'd been given in the world. He wanted to give him his best food so that he could digest it, allow it to go into his body, begin to build his body and strengthen it up with protein and energy again and build him and strengthen him. And you see, what's this God do? God wants to build and strengthen you so that you are fit for his purpose. How do you do that? You go away, you hear what's being said to you, you look in God's word, you come to courses, you go to a small group, you have a hunger and a desire for things of God, not of this world. I want to know, God, what you say about me. I want to know why I'm here. I want to know why these people, how do we impact these people, God? I want to know. And God says, I've given you my word, I've given you my best. I've sacrificed my best. What I want you to do now is begin to eat of it. I want you to begin to digest it. I want you to begin to cut it up for yourself and begin to chew on it. I want it to go deep down within you so it begins to put a solid foundation at the core of who you are so you can know why you are here. I am a son and a daughter of the king and I'm here because God matters. People matter. In other words... I'm here to love God and to love people like Christ loved me. I'm also here to become a disciple, a follower of Jesus, and to go and get other people to come on this journey. But how do we discover it? Through God's word. Believing in his word. Having a hunger for God's word, God's house, digesting it, thinking on it, not just saying what you want people to hear, but actually what you believe at the core of who you are, this is what God says, this is what matters, and this is how I'm going to outwork my life, so that I can become fit for God's purpose. Is that okay? So go home, get the fatted calf out, and eat of it. Believe it. Don't believe what the world says. Don't believe what your past says. Begin to discover what God says about you. God loves you. He believes in you. You matter. The world matters. Can you imagine if we all on this journey discover that a day at a time? And we begin, be, begin to see us as a body of believers built up individually and corporately so that we can be effective for the purposes of God in this generation. God's calling us hunger and a desire for the things of him. He will fill you with far greater things than this world offers. And I'm done. Can I pray? Okay, let's stand. I'm going to finish with a song.
Now, maybe you've got a past. Maybe you've hungered in the world. We've all hungered for things other than God. And God knows that. And God doesn't change. He, he doesn't point his finger and say, you're a naughty boy, you naughty girl. He knows when we're not living daily. He knows when we make mistakes. He, you know, he hasn't changed. That's the good news. And I just want to pray in here. If you, if you feel that you're not right with God, then I just want to pray that you'd accept his love. And God has to do that by his spirit. He has to do it through not only through his word, but he has to do it by his spirit so he can wash and cleanse you from the inside out. And I'm going to pray, I'm going to believe, if you do that, you pray this prayer with me, that God would cleanse you from the inside out. Or, or maybe we'll go on to somebody else in a minute. Just, let's just pray this. Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. I thank you for your love. Forgive me of my past. Come into my life. Help me to discover who I am and why I'm here. And we ask in Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you've done that to be made right with God, to receive of his love, then I just want you to hold up your hand this morning. If you want to be made right with God, you've got some past, you've got some history, just hold up your hand. There's a sign. Okay, the rest of you, I want to ask. You're here because you've got a hunger. You're here because you've got a desire. But I'm going to ask that you increase that hunger and you have a desire, a tenacious desire for the word of God to discover who you are in Christ. So Father, I just pray for people in here for that hunger to increase, hunger for your purpose and your plans. God, bring your peace into the hearts of people to know who they are in you, to be secure in you, to know what matters and to see how they can make a difference in this world. Cement that within their hearts, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.